The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's weekly PlayStation show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Jada Griffin and Seth Macy. Hey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Now, Seth, you reviewed yes. a recently released PlayStation device, the newest PSP, the PlayStation <laughs> Portal. We're going to get to that in a second, but I also yes. want to tease some stuff we're going to talk about later on. Uh, there is some Game of the Year awards, what not with the, the Game Awards and nominees have been announced, and we're going to talk about what does and doesn't make sense there. We have strong opinions. Uh, and there's also uh, there's <laughs> some very weird uh, details in the ESRB listing for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which gives us all kinds of uh crazy crazy thoughts about that and then of course uh seth you've been playing modern warfare 3 which a lot of people aren't having fun with but you are i want to talk about all that but first we really we've got to talk about the playstation portal this is the playstation portal is something that we i feel like have been going back and forth on since it was announced the general consensus among people on this show uh i I feel like we talked about this with the the ps i love you folks they're equally kind of negative on it but there is a strong there's a you know a, a vocal group of folks who are super into this idea they're really they like the idea of it as it's gotten closer the more i kind of think about it the more i'm kind of like do i do i want one is this a cool device and seth that seems to be kind of the general tune of your review when you gave this thing an eight yep and you went in with very low expectations let's let's talk a little bit about sort of what wowed you and what didn't sure yeah i gave it an eight which on the ign scale is great and i probably would have scored it higher but we'll get to that but yeah as it stands right now i say that with authority because i'm one of the few people who's actually used it this is the best remote play solution for the playstation 5 that there is and i know a lot of people when this first got announced were like why would you spend 200 dollars when they make the backbone which is 100 dollars? you already have a phone you can just slap the phone in there and go to town and you know in the interest of fairness i also have a backbone um i wanted to i used it before this arrived um, to play Spider-Man 2. And uh, after getting the, the PlayStation Portal, I can say that uh, the Backbone is a fine device, but it cannot compete in any way, shape, or form with just like the fit and finish of the first-party Sony device. It's just it's a really well-thought-out uh, device as far as the features that it, in, that it includes, I mean, so. Are you saying features it includes? What is it missing? Oh, well it's missing bluetooth which is the weirdest thing that an a device in 2023 can if you want to 
listen to uh, headphones, they have to be wired headphones. They have to use a 3.5 millimeter jack like was invented in the 70s by Philips Magnavox. I don't know if that's true, but um, yeah, you have to use wired or you have to use um, a set of headphones that use PlayStation Link, which is Sony's proprietary wireless solution that isn't out yet. The earbuds don't come out until December 6th. The, head, the new Pulse wireless headset doesn't come out until uh, the end of February. Both of them are expensive the earbuds are 200 dollars. the uh the the headset is 150 dollars, and that's the only way you can listen wirelessly to the playstation portal that includes the bluetooth headsets that you have now for your playstation device they don't they will not this, work this is the thing that makes me go i don't i don't want this thing like it, it seems like a it seems like a, a stupid gripe but if the whole if the whole point of this device is to make it easier to sort of uh i don't share you know share the screen like if somebody else is is watching tv or whatever having to use you know having to use wired headphones seems like it kind of it kind of gets in the way of the whole the portability side of thing it's just this thing itself is wireless i don't know it's it's just that's i feel like what are we doing to wires in 2023 it's, yeah it's completely baffling it's one of those like sony playstation 3 era feeling decisions that you're Extremely. like but they were so close mm -hmm. you were so close to it that's like but, that's like, memory stick duo logic that's yeah just, that yeah. is exactly yeah exactly what this is it's just you have to buy their earbuds or headset in I mean, order is, to listen is there thinking that like if people are like is it in for a penny and for a pound if people are going to spend 200 bucks on this gizmo that they're probably going to buy the headset anyway i guess i don't i don't know that i was reading up on like their their claim you know playstation link it's you know this new sort of paradigm in the way sound works in italy it's like whatever come on like we have Bluetooth, we have 3D audio, we have mm -hmm. like a lot of different ways that we could, yeah. we could do this. Like, you know, Bluetooth, you can buy an Arduino that's like $9 that does Bluetooth. So, no, so. Is, it, is it possible that they could patch in Bluetooth? I feel like they have, I feel like because of like F, FCC stuff, they have to have the Bluetooth logo on there if it's capable of it. Yeah, no, that would require it to have like a Bluetooth transmitter inside of it, which if it doesn't, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't. Um, I haven't obviously taken mine apart because I'm quite fond of it otherwise, but yeah, no, that's not something they could, they could patch in, um, until somebody tells me otherwise. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very odd. It's wild. And also, I guess I just must've missed the press releases where they said the earbuds were going to be $200. Like, yeah, that is a lot of money for earbuds. I mean, this is the Bluetooth thing isn't, isn't news. We've known about this, that we've, we've talked about this in the preview. Um, yeah. it's, I, I just, I feel like it, talking about how this thing works in practice is, it, you know, it's, it seems like a notable omission. Let's talk a little bit about the things that do work about it. Cause that's, the, yeah. th that's the point here where we don't want to get too negative about it. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah. You, <laughs> it works. Like, let's talk about it how it's awesome, how it compares to the, the backbone or like the other remote play solutions. Cause I think that's I, the big thing is you already have ways of doing this. What yes. does this improve on? Well, as far as, you know, like the, the quality of your stream, is entirely dependent on the quality of your Wi-Fi. So if you have great Wi-Fi, your stream will run great on your phone. It'll run great on your tablet. It'll run it will run great on the PlayStation Portal. Um, if you don't have great Wi-Fi connections or coverage, then yeah. But that's not that has nothing to do with the PlayStation Portal itself. Where the PlayStation Portal is just like such a better experience is in that fit and finish. Like it is a dual sense controller you're used to how it feels how it works you know it's a it's a little bit different the thumbsticks are like a little little bit smaller 
obviously they're stretched way out because there's a screen in the middle there but you have all the functions that you have of a dual sense are built into this that includes like the triggers which i wasn't sure if they were going to work but no they work exactly as advertised and so the screen itself is an eight inch screen it's an lcd screen which i and or yeah lcd screen which people were bummed out about but i think it looks phenomenal it's really bright um it just it works great it just works so well the one thing i'm curious about is so the the touchpad is the touchpad just moved to the back of the controller no that i'm glad you brought that up my friend because i had to figure that one out on my own because there's as of when i was reviewing this the uh instruction manual had not been uploaded to sony so, no you just tap the screen and okay. on the side it'll bring up like a little square i think you can see it in the footage here that bo is using at one point but that is the touchpad okay so which yeah it's critical it doesn't have quite the tactile feel of the one that's actually on you know the dual sense the dual sense edge but yeah it works I I kind of actually like that just because I find myself a lot of times with a lot of games where um, I'll accidentally tap the touchpad like yeah. mid gameplay. And I feel like it's, I'm less likely to do it with how raised the analog sticks are off the screen. Yeah. Um, so I kind of it, it's a little bit more appealing for me just because of that. Um, the other thing I was going to ask, so I know with like doing remote play to like my PC or to my backbone, like my PS5 needs to be on already. Yes. Does that is that still the case here with the portal? It doesn't need to be. I mean, it needs to be in rest mode, which okay. you know, ninety percent of the time it probably is anyway. Um, so the downside to that is like if you're on a trip and you know there's like a power outage at your house or something, or somebody uses it, then you won't be able to access it unless you you know call the helpline that's on the back, and then Sony will send a man to your house to turn your playstation huh. into rest. you know what would be really a, a cool feature for the ps5 is that if it uh if it just assumed that maybe after you've lost power unplugged it turned it off too quick uh you know that that's not good and it didn't make <laughs> you say okay every time you turn it back on after that it scolds you every <laughs> yeah. time like the it amount of times me. i've been like oh cool that game's probably downloaded and i turn it on it's like that's right i moved it from my office to my living room and didn't turn it back on again and it's just it needs me to it needs to like rub my nose in it no, no, it, no. It, it reminds me of uh, Rossetti from Animal Crossing. We're back on the GameCube, where if you shut it off without saving, <laughs> yep. thankfully these the uh, PlayStation ones don't get longer each time. Right. How how snappy is it? Like when you when you sort of pick up the you know pick up the portal and like let's say that you know the PS5 is hanging out there. If, let's say the PS5 is already on. Like it's yeah. just you know whatever the TV's off. Is it just instantaneous? It's it depends. Um, the first time I. I connected it took a few seconds but subsequent times after that while i was on my home wi-fi i turn it on it says you know press the playstation button and then you see like a literal portal spinning around kind of like dr strange style in the mcu and then it opens up and you're looking at the interface from your playstation 5 you're looking at you know it is a game stupid that stupid gimmick that i like it's I a like dumb dumb stupid that. boy gimmick and it does work because it's spinning around and it's purple and i do it's, like the lights and the it's shapes. got sparkles in it to, to catch your attention like oh goodness yeah slow down and now it works exactly as your playstation i mean because it is it's just mirroring yeah so the, the thing I, your... I can't remember if i've if i've said this on this show or in conversation or what but the thing i keep coming back to is my initial sort of hesitation is like we have we have remote play device at home and it's like okay and i i was staunchly opposed to pay, paying the the premium on like apple ear earbuds airpods whatever yeah. they're called and then airbuds 
Yeah, AirBuds. The go- they, they are the they are the golden receivers of audio <laughs> signals. Um, but no, they. I was like super opposed to those. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I have an iPhone. I've had an iPhone for ages. I'm gen- I'm one of those people who like I use Apple products, but I'm also like ah, stupid. H- USB C. Yep. Get out of here. But like, the second I started using like AirPods, I'm like, oh, they just play well. Like you yep. you pop them open, they just they're on. They work. They like they they speak the same language as, as the other device because they're both from the same manufacturer. That is the, that is the yep. entire selling point of proprietary tech is that it's able to like really, it, it does, it does its own thing well. And yep. yeah, I mean, if this is, would you, would you say it's comparable to that? How this plays with the PS5 versus the backbone? Yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the biggest bottleneck is going to be your Wi-Fi connection. And so it's indistinguishable. Um, as far as the connection is concerned, but like, it's just the way that it feels the backbone because it is designed. It's an all in one solution for a million different phones. So, it, you know, depending on your phone, it might not fit just right. Mine, I have an iPhone pro max and it, you know, it's a little bit wiggly woggly, a little creaky on there. Whereas, you know, the PlayStation portal, it just feels exquisite. It just, it feels like how it's supposed to feel when you're playing a PlayStation. There's no, uh, there's no sacrifices, I guess. There's, yeah. Oh, there he's using the the touch pads right now on, ah. on the screen for those who are watching I, at home. Yeah, I'm just. So you talked about this in your in your review, but like how you took this, you took this to a Dunkin' Donuts and you tried yes. to get on their Wi-Fi. But yes. They have the thing that a lot of you know public places, public Wi-Fi do, where they you know like the the browser thing pops up and it's like I'm not going to use the donut Wi-Fi to do pornography. I promise. And you check the box and you go do your bit filthy. And then you laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you do all sorts of horrible sick filth on your little computer yeah. device, but y- you couldn't get past that because there's no browser on this thing. Like there's no no yeah. That was really disappointing because like you're saying, like everywhere that almost everywhere that requires or has public Wi-Fi requires you to log in through a web portal, whether it's like accepting their terms of service or like to watch an ad that supports the free Wi-Fi. So yeah, I got to Dunkin' Donuts. I, uh, the other thing was they were out of croissants and I wanted a croissant sandwich. I had to have it's a, a croissant, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I, oh, I wanted the croissant sausage, egg and cheese you sandwich. Think this is all bon pain. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be a fancy Frenchman and play with my piece of technology. And it said, oh, you can't log in. The, the PlayStation portal, like on its screen, was like, the login requires a web browser. Uh, please mm. try a different method or something along those lines. That, like, that wow, feels to me like, sucks. I mean, you mentioned this, this is something they could theoretically patch in because of, yes. you know, as opposed to Bluetooth, this is a software issue. Yep. This also strikes me as something that Sony put in there to kind of try to keep people from doing too much piracy or, or you know, hacking or whatever. Like, I feel like the browser, like that was the thing with, was it? Was it with the, the PSP or the Vita? That was the sort of the workaround to like get all sorts of, you know, hacky oh, stuff yeah. on there. Get on the dark web. Yeah. Buy all those on things. On the Dunkin' Donuts so Wi-Fi. You violate on the, the d- service. <laughs> the, yeah, it's song. actually the Darkin' Donuts. Dark- <laughs> the dunk web. <laughs> uh, but no, like that's, that's way better. They might, they might fix that. They might. Yeah, like, that's something and, yeah. they could conceivably patch out with like software just be like ah we have a extremely limited you know open source web browser that only allows you to access whatever you know the login information so that was a bummer because like i said like every place like at the airport which is where you would really want to be playing this it's not gonna it's not gonna work so that that's the thing i kind of keep going back and forth about is we're looking at this like it's a like it's a portable device like it's a handheld like it's a like it's a psp yeah I think no. it's a, an entirely different product if you look at it like a controller. Yeah. 
It's a very long range controller. It's exactly what it is. And I will say I did go to like the locally owned coffee co-op um, that has very good coffee, but it's a little on the pricey side. Um, if you can afford they a portal, just... you can afford the pricey coffee, my friend. Well, this was uh, provided uh, from Sony to Ziff Davis. You can afford a croissant, you can afford limited. the pricey coffee, my friend. Okay. All right, fine. So yes, I, I got an $8 cup of coffee and I logged into their Wi-Fi and that was, and I say this in my review, that's where I went from, oh, this is neat to, oh, this thing actually rules because it was like, literally, I could not tell the difference. And I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake because I, I never finished it and I want to get ahead of the next one. And uh, it worked like, it was exactly the same as playing it at home. It was just, it was awesome. And I was the only nerd in there playing a video game. Everyone else was reading uh, books about in, in subjects far too advanced for my brain to understand. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I know we talked about audio a little bit earlier. If you have like the Pulse headset and stuff, you can use this at home as long as you're in range of your PS5 still, right? That's a good question, and I don't have an answer to it. I'm sorry I've failed you all. <laughs> Sorry, right. we'll, uh, we'll just have to test it out. That seems like it would work, but I would, I would imagine your PlayStation would have to be actually on to do that. Well, I mean, your PlayStation's on with the portal on anyway. It's on rest. No, it's in rest mode. It's not actually on. It's just re it's oh, rest. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so it stays in rest. If it's in rest mode when you start it up, it stays in rest mode. Yep. Interesting. I figured it would have booted it up to be on. Yeah, I was no, you under that assumption. That's cool. You can boot it up and play while like use it as a controller, but that's silly and you don't want to because you can't turn the screen off on the um on the no, portal. I I just meant simply because like I know when I remote play to like my office up in my office now for downstairs, anything I'm doing on my PlayStation is being done downstairs as well. So oh, like okay. I have to remember to mute my TV, otherwise my partner hears all the sounds. Like I was doing some remote play stuff for Spider Man ahead of launch, and he kept he started hearing Spider Man things. And I was like, oh, I don't want him to spoil him for these things. So I had to go down. Spider Man's and turn in the house. There's crooks here, and he's beating the crap out of him. <laughs> Get out of here! All right. Before um, so someone in the comments question. says, "Oh, you're a professional. Why don't you have an answer for this?" I don't have an answer for that. All I know is that. My TV has, what is that, ARC or whatever, where the HDMI controls the inputs. So when I turn oh, my PlayStation it. on, it automatically switches to that input. And that never happened. The TV never came on. Um, the stereo never came on. It just did. It just came on my PlayStation portal, and okay. uh, everything was good. No one was interrupted from a good time. on. The I, would, I, would guess, I would guess that using the headset to connect to the PS5 requires it to be on. I would think that that is yeah. probably yeah. The case that's where it that does. seems like it's one thing for it to kind of you know push and pull data while it's in sleep mode because it can download stuff like that. But I feel like that's sort of a very you know very edge case you know weird yeah. weird setup for that to yeah work with. You you did just remind me that if you are downloading something while you're playing, whew, not not a fun time. I was downloading Astrobot uh, Playroom, and uh, because I'm it was on the same Wi-Fi network. And the same Wi-Fi antenna, it just like crippled. I actually lost mm -hmm. the connection a couple times because there's just too much, too much happening for my PlayStation Five to handle. So, either wire your PlayStation Five or don't download games while you're playing games on remote play because it is uh, the opposite of a fun time. I mean, reconnection is like was, an instant though. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it was like it's it's smooth enough when you're playing just on Wi-Fi, like around the house. That's that's promising. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't play like uh 
super, you know, twitchy games that require that like Jada uh, Platinum's every other weekend. Like I was playing, I played Spider-Man 2, I played Final Fantasy 7 Remake, I played Astrobot's Playroom, there's Astro's Playroom, I don't know why I keep saying Astrobot, Astro's Playroom, uh, I played NHL on it and like, yeah, they all worked fine, but if, I, was I think if you... If you're playing like a like a fighting game or something that requires like precision so, time, this is like... the same price as the the Dual Sense Edge. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. I feel like if you're into precision fighting game shooter like competitive stuff, if you're really all about like the the you know, customizing input, your buttons, yeah, and just really getting more precision. fine tuning. Like if you're, yeah, yeah, if you want to fine tune it, that's your that's your controller. If yeah. you are you, if you want to like lie on the couch and play God of War while looking up at the ceiling, yep, and someone else watches the real housewives of missouri or whatever like this is that's, your this is your option yeah yeah big show this year <laughs> my other uh, states yeah my family wanted to play super mario wonder using the tv and i was like no problem i'm gonna play play my my little playstation portal over here on the couch like you said looking at the ceiling that's the that's the thing that's really tempting about this and i don't know i'm 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 interested to see how it's received, you know, because I, you know, typically people, if they throw 200 bucks at something, they're like, this is cool. Um, but also the nice thing about this is that it, it is, you know, unlike a handheld device or a VR system, you know, like it doesn't depend on what comes out for it. Like this is, right. this yeah. is as useful as you, as you make it. It's not a, yep. it's not a Sony problem. And like, there's, you know, I, I think going into this, there's, a, there's part of me where this looks enough like a switch that it really made me want it to be a Vita too. And there's. Yeah. You know, well, I think the, that's what everybody, we all thought that. They called it a PSP. Like, they should know right. better. They know what people yeah. want. They knew what to do. The loud people want. on the mm -hmm. internet who don't actually matter as much as the regular consumer, probably. I don't know. Man, they are so loud about this thing. Either people, uh, the loudest, they just really hate it and say, go buy a backbone. And I say, the backbone doesn't work as well. And they say, go buy a backbone, you dumb idiot boy. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 46 years old. I have a backbone. That's how I get in arguments with people. On yeah, I'm a vertebrate. So, yeah, I stand up for myself. My ancestors came out of the sea. I wear my backbone on the outside. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming around on this thing. Like again, I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna throw 200 bucks at it. But like, if the, if I find myself in need of another controller, if like one of mine breaks or whatever, I might consider it. You know, you know that's, what? Put this, put this on your Christmas wish list and have somebody else pay for it for you. That's fair. There you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like Santa, know. he doesn't pay for anything. He makes Santa this doesn't stuff. have 200. dollars He's got to make wooden trains and stuff. <laughs> Seth, did you um did so i know you said you played nhl did you do any like online with that portion no i that's one thing i did not try was playing online um so i can't actually speak to that uh i my it says that it works it says like you know as long as you got playstation plus like you should be able you mm -hmm. know you can play online but i'm a little skeptical just because of how um much downloading a game brought it down i don't think it would you know bring it down to that same level but i do see like if you're competing i do see like a few milliseconds uh losing out on that yeah. so cool sweet awesome well yeah there's that there's that playstation portal i'm yeah i'm i don't know i'm, ha I'm happy that this was received well you know if, it's yeah it's it's a weird review to do because it only does one thing but it does the one thing it's supposed to do like almost perfectly so it's it's just hard to to not I feel like that is that. a that is a far cry from Sony's former it only does everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it only does one thing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs>
No, I'm, I'm actually like, I really want to get my hands on this thing. And that's, you know, that's, I, I think they, I think our LA office has one or something, but I, I yep. whenever I wind up actually checking this thing out for myself, I have a sneaking suspicion it will be like, ooh, you know, like there's, if I get that, you know, that I don't, it's not a light bulb because a light bulb is an idea. This is just a reaction. It's like, ooh, I mean, this is, if you could sign the one out of the office in LA and like take it home and just use it for like a weekend, you'd be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm now. just thinking back, like your, your sort of aha moment. It makes me think of the, the first time I saw a PSP working. Mm. Do you remember that, that, that sensation of just like, what you can have this on a, on a handheld device because like, <laughs> I don't know. Back then, it was like phones were not that high tech, and the, you yeah, know. playing MLB the show. We're playing Game, game Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, moving on. Let's talk about some Game of the Year stuff. Let's talk about the games that have been nominated by the Jeffrey Keeley Association for the Betterment of Games and the Giving of Statues to Said Games and the Performance of the Orchestra at Said Gaming Event. Uh, yeah. So, preface this: This is not IGN's Game of the Year. This is the Game Awards. The whole the Keeleys, as it's known. Uh, one of the many, many sort of celebrations of gaming that happens every year because we, you know, we we love to we love to make uh, works of art compete with one another. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves to get those art kids out on the racetrack and make them run around. Uh, but the uh, the nominees are out there. It's been a massive, crazy year for games. So unsurprisingly, this is like a pretty stacked list. I imagine it was pretty hard uh, to narrow down, uh, you know, the, the the nominees. This is again, this is pulled from like. Mm, you know, dozens of outlets all over the place. This isn't just Jeff Keeley sitting down with his like feathered quilled pen and his fez and being like, calling up oh, Kojima. Three. Hey. Hideo <laughs> Kojima, game of the year. Um, no, but the game of the year nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, the sort of the big, the big front runners, amazingly, are uh, Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 are the ones that are up for like a bunch of other nominees, a bunch of other, uh, you know, categories and stuff. They're but both nominated focus... with eight. Uh, they both have eight nominations at the Game Awards. Yeah, right. I think. What is it? Is it uh, Spider-Man has seven? And, mm -hmm. and, and then, then Zelda has five, I believe. Everyone is totally expecting Zelda to just dominate. It's probably still going to, to a certain degree, but like, mm -hmm. I can't help but wonder yeah. if there's a little bit of like recency bias in at play there. hundred percent. That's why like all the Oscar Ooh. films come out in December. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Sirens I mean, of I, I, Holy. I love me my time with tears of the kingdom. I put probably like a hundred plus hours into it, but man, the hundred plus I put into Baldur's Gate three were more enjoyable for me. Wrong and incorrect. So, uh, you know, Seth Macy's bloodline is weak because Baldur's mm. Gate is better. I rolled that's, a dice I mean, roll and the dice decided it. So that's sorry, an incorrect, but, incorrect um, assessment and the wrong opinion. So and <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna get this is gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be messy. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean obviously like Zelda's a huge, massive, incredible game. It also builds on mm -hmm. the foundations of a big, huge, massive, incredible game. It's like it's. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest surprise about that game is how much it surprised people who'd already played the original. Yeah. Like it, it was all that and more. Uh, the other, I mean, every, everything on here is a sequel. Like everything on here builds upon previous games it builds upon things that are already established you know whether it's uh narratively speaking or you know systematically or mechanically like or the fact that this game wouldn't exist without customers being having some brand recognition around it mm -hmm. the one the one weird outlier is resident evil 4 remake which is a remake yeah so should that be eligible for game of the year capital g o t y not just i mean i think it's you know fair to have remakes up for audio graphics art direction etc but in the case of a remake is that is that fair like i don't so i think it is fair 
But I also think remakes should and remasters should have their own category. I think they should have their own category to compete because they put them on a more balanced competitive scale. Um, because, you know, Resident Evil 4 remake came out this year. We had Dead Space remake came out this oh, yeah, year. That's right. Star Ocean, um, the second story R just came out. That's another remake. There's a, a bunch of others. I'm sure I'm forgetting that dropped earlier this year. Um, I think it would just would have been a better category. It would have avoided any kind of messiness with this kind of debate. But I mean, the Internet's going to find things to debate about regardless. And I loved Resident Evil 4 remake. You know, I will not stop talking about my viral clip where you can you can go see it. So I'm attached to my Twitter profile um, of me just obliterating, um, you know, yeah, you, in the shooting you, range. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You, you did your homework. You, are, you, you have the 
it it's fair for you to say this shouldn't be here because you kicked this game's ass and you can tell I, it where to go. <laughs> I freaking love Resident Evil 4 Remake. I've played through it twice. And then I've also, and I did the Separate Ways DLC that came out recently. It's great. It's a fantastic game. It definitely should be up for tons of awards for all the hard work. Um, one of the games I think that is getting a bit of a snub in its place that is a newer game, uh, Jedi Survivor came out this year. Yeah. And mm. like, that's, that's one I think should like, in this situation, I think Survivor should have been in this place instead of Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, a, it would have just kind of completed all the twos. Um, but also, minus Baldur's Gate's three. But whatever. It's better. It's going to win anyways. Um, <laughs> it will. Because it will. there's no justice. There's there's all the justice. The dice roll is the dice. Gods are the No, justice. it will because Baldur's Gate 3 has become like the cool kid answer to the game of the year because everybody recognizes that Tears of the Kingdom is literally the best game ever made and advanced the art of game creation to a level we've never seen before making unbelievably complex things seem absolutely effortless and because that it is such a perfect and wonderful example uh, of the pinnacle of video game design uh, people would rather just have the one where you can have sex with a bear you can have sex in a bear in tears of the king you just have to build a bear make loving machine <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a bunch of wheels and fans and you know. Yeah, and it's the payoff is much more rewarding. Yeah, no, I would I would argue that like the you know tears of the and this again this is that we're gonna have plenty of game of the year arguments down the road. There's there's mm -hmm. this is this year is 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 has too many good games to not have a bunch of nerd debates about which of them are yeah. more better than the rest of the good ones. But yeah, I would say I would say tears of the kingdom does mechanically what Baldur's Gate does narratively. Like the amount of just yeah. systems at play, the amount of structures, the fact that you can do. You know, it, it's that it's that sandbox approach to like how you get out of a situation. But in one case, it is a conversation. In the other case, it is a, a contraption. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but again, I want to talk about Resident Evil 4. I, want to, I think this is, yes. this is an interesting <laughs> thing to pull on. Like, yeah, it's I'm I'm torn about this one because I think it I think remake should absolutely be eligible. I think that for remake does enough to transform that game like it, it is mm -hmm. it is a it is not the same as something like the last of us uh last of us part one where they have basically the skeleton of a ps3 game that has yeah. a really 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 fancy new set of clothes on top of it like yeah. the, the they did enough to re4 like they really did rebuild it from the ground i'm just the fact that you can run and shoot that's new yeah that wasn't yeah. there before like that's enough of a of an overhaul there's there's like large you know, large open areas that weren't there before. There's they they shake up the expectations. They do a fun they do a fun job of like you know taking what made the original good and like and you know tweaking it and and reinterpreting it to the point that it is I would say it's transformative. And it's funny because you look at you look at other mediums and there is you know there's different case by case examples of like what what sort of rehashes are allowed and what aren't. Um, the you know the academy awards the one that we always love to you know the the game awards or the oscars of gaming the academy awards <laughs> have best original screenplay and best screenplay yeah mm -hmm. and it's f funny how often like you know the the amount of adaptations and that is there's always a ton like people that's you know, true you know if you think mm -hmm. about it the lord of the rings movies were just remakes of the books yeah, well, I mean, I would I would point to A Star Is Born, which is a movie that the first sure. time it came around, it won a bunch of Oscars, and it came around again in the '70s, and it won a bunch of Oscars, and it came around again a couple of years ago, and it won a bunch of Oscars, and nobody, I don't think anyone, I, I don't, I don't know, they didn't, they didn't have you know Resetera back in 1972 or whatever, so I don't know how people felt about that. There was no film Twitter back then. I'm, 
it must have been awesome it was <laughs> not probably knowing really, everybody's yeah, opinions probably great fonts in there real <laughs> groovy but uh no it's you know then you also look at something like um the uh the vince vaughn and hey psycho remake which is like a shot for shot you know yeah exact recreation and there's that that level of like i don't know we talked about this with the with the sort of the last of us and how adap adaptation mm -hmm. means by definition some kind of there's some kind of transformative thing to it it, it is it is changing you know changing what something does in response to its circumstances and resident evil 4 remake is it has a little bit of adaptation in there like it has a little bit of transformative yeah. you know it's not like they took you know a, a like a, a 2d metroidvania and made it a third person open world game that's that would be an entirely different product but like it is i think there's enough enough change there that yeah. it's fair but again there's so many other things that are called remake or remaster or reloaded or whatever that it's a it's a it's a wide margin of what does and doesn't fit in this category mm -hmm. yeah i i think for that those points you made max like it that's the one reason why i, I like i am not upset with it being nominated it's more of just like I would have liked to have seen something else in its place as well. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been upset if something else had taken its place. Um, but I think. It, I think you're right. It's very transformative and so different from, so different yet the same from that original experience we got back on the GameCube. Yeah. Um, what twenty years? Not good lord. Years ago? You're right. <laughs> yeah. So like it's been it's been a while probably longer than 20 years god i don't even know was, when what 2005 i Three? think it was two yeah so two when did that come out I'm getting mixed up with snake here. and four there we go 19 it's, years ago that's so, the, it's gonna be Red 20 Sox years in a second fine yeah yeah so yeah yeah that's uh, i don't know that's such a huge massive i'm leap. just like that's a lot I'm, it's a lot different here yeah yeah i'm just happy that like it's the only one in the category like it did that the category didn't get overwhelmed with a bunch of remakes and stuff because hey that kind of starts sending the message of hey maybe we should just remake our old stuff instead mm -hmm. of building new ips or building new sequels in our storylines so um and i think resident evil as a franchise is kind of walked that line very well to where it feels like every other year we're either getting a new entry or we're getting a remake from an old one so they're doing a really good job of walking that line of keeping the fans of nostalgia that have nostalgia for the old stuff happy while also welcoming in newcomers with new games to the franchise um or keeping those fans that want to see the next chapter ready and it doesn't feel their pacing is just done has been done so well it doesn't feel overwhelming like i don't feel like we've gotten to that point of like oh goodness it's call of duty again um like with res when it comes to resident evil even though we've had a resident evil for like every year for the last like what four no, I think or five Capcom years gets basically? a cookie for how they've been doing lately they've been very good yeah, yeah. Done. uh it's good it's kind of wild to when you compare it to like where they were at like i don't know back in eight, like eight Operation years ago raccoon yeah. city and like umbrella core and stuff like that like it just they were like it's a multiplayer shooter and it's the most call of duty resident evil's ever been and it's like yeah no one wants that wanted yeah yeah <laughs> and of course four is still you know it's d dumb loud action set pieces but like you know it walks a fine line it does a good job there yeah the one Great. thing that that is sort of a drag about the game of the year stuff is that and this is this is not this is not unusual for games they're all sequels they're all, there's they're all they're all you know they're all iterations they're all building yeah. on stuff that's you know already there and it's again huge like drastically different mm -hmm. take on those things alan wake 2 is a that's that's been what 
13 years. 13 years. Baldur's 13 Gate 3, years. 23 years. Mm-hmm. I think. Was that 2000 or, or 98? I can't remember. Marvel Spider-Man 2. Good game. But like, also, I think if we're arguing about, you know, familiarity and what's rehashed mm-hmm. and recycled, like that is a lot of New York we've already seen twice before very recently. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that that's on this list as well. And again, like, what's the... What basis are you judging this on? Is it technical achievement? Is it storytelling? Is it, you know, how fun is it to play? And it's really, you know, the answer is all the above. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of factors at play here. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I'm glad they finally had the 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 bravery, the courage to go in in there and make Mario. He's <laughs> flat against the background again. He isn't. You can't turn over the camera around and see what he's doing in the front or the back. He's just you just see him from the side. That's yep. it. <laughs> keep it keep it going one. He just goes one direction. That's all we need. No, I mean, you know, people love that game. And then Zelda, where you can build uh, Metal Gear, which is, makes it de facto the best yeah. Metal Gear game of the year. So I don't. That is true. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited about this. I this is going to be a really fun time of year, specifically for arguing about which of these games are the best. Because it it's not so much about which one is the winner. It's a chance to kind of reflect on why you love these games to begin with. Like, it's yep. always a really fun time, and I'm excited in the coming months because. It's going to be, there's going to be people like fighting over who gets to write the blurbs for these things. Like every year we do, IGN does the game of the year awards and we pick out the nominees, we pick out the categories, figure it out. Everybody votes. There's a bunch of stuff. And then we have like a spreadsheet that floats around like two days before we all go on Christmas break. And it's like, inevitably there's some Slack message. It goes the entire company and it's like, can somebody please write about this racing game that four (laughs) people played? Like just write something, say why it's cool. And I don't know. It's fun. It's nice. Like that's, that is what criticism should be more often is celebrating something and explaining why it's great. You know, mm-hmm. I think we, we it, it automatically are like, Oh, you're being so critical. And it's like some little guy with like a scarf and a notepad, like the guy in Ratatouille who comes in and just says like, I hate it. Here's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Game of the year. It's fun. We get to give uh, yeah. pretend, pretend trophies too. one thing I do think will be really funny. If Alan Wake too, it will inevitably get a, a couple of game game of the year awards that, uh, that flashlight looks an awful lot like a game of the year trophy. Oh, Are they going to do a gag with that? I don't know. There. They're probably not. They're, I think they're, they're above that. But that little, that little, that little lamp, you know, not the oh, flashlight, I, the lamp. You know, he's oh, not above that. The Spike Awards. Come on back, Spike. We need you now more I miss than this, ever. The Spike. We had, we had Stan Lee dressed like Revolver Ocelot. More of that, yeah. please. Yeah. That's not going to happen for a variety <laughs> of reasons. But well, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of bizarre uh, pop culture crossovers, there's a segue. I like that. That was Call good. of Duty: Modern Warfare Three is out. It is uh, yeah. definitely the the least baked Call of Duty in a cool minute. Uh, this is a franchise yeah. known for having annual releases. Typically, though, it is uh, you know every studio has like a two year roadmap. Two to three years. Three years. Yeah, I mean, there's they they rotate between them, and this is the first time. Is this the first time ever where they're just like. It's the sequel to last year's from like a lot of the same people who did last year's. Uh, no, because wait, was last year the sequel to the year before's? Because no, the year before was Vanguard. Last, yeah, last no, year no, no, was no, 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 no. Modern Warfare Two. The year before was Cold War. No, Cold War was Cold War. Okay, well, fine. Cold War I'm was twenty twenty. Yes, that was yeah. great. By the way, I like Cold War. That's that's Seth. You and I got closer because I was like. Dad, I played my first Call of Duty. And you're like, there, there, son. Uh, and you, you play like you play a lot of COD. You've got, you've got a, yeah. a what do you call it? A guild? What is? Uh, I have a a, 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 a clan, the Beef Lords. The Beef and Lords. It's just a bunch of guys, uh, a bunch of dads. And every year, well, we have you know a Discord, and we just hang out. And then every year we play 
we play Call of Duty, and we've been doing it every year since uh, 2018, I think. Um, we've been friends long before that, but yeah. So this year we're playing Modern Warfare Three. And... So yeah, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people have that same that same setup, uh, but a lot of them are also unhappy with this game because it, it's yeah. kind of the the campaign came out and we gave it a four. It was sort of a, kind of drives drives off a cliff, and then they launched the multiplayer and had to immediately pull like handful of maps because they just had like yeah. people camping at spawn points and i got the sense that like oh this maybe this one's you know this is a rough time people aren't having a good time with it but you're having a blast what's up with that well i'm a simple man of simple pleasures but it's like this look uh the formula that call of duty has for gameplay is so buttoned down that that is almost a challenge in and of itself every year to improve on that because the gunplay, the, the the map structures, the way that everything just works in the game itself is pretty flawless. There's it's they know exactly what they're doing. It's the doing it every year maybe in a new way that that kind of falls apart. But that being said, you can get skins in the game now in multiplayer not just in warzone that are the stupidest things in the world that i didn't know about going in and i was playing and i looked and there i see like a skin of a woman wearing this sparkly pink suit with like long flowing hair and high heels running around with a sniper rifle and it's Nicki minaj you can like buy a Nicki minaj skin and it's voiced by Nicki minaj she'll come up behind you and be like i got you six and uh like there's 21 savage um the other day I was playing and I heard, I got your six, homie. And I turned around and it was a Snoop Dogg skin that had gone on sale um, in August that I missed out on. Again, voiced by Snoop Dogg, who was a former member of FaZe Clan. But there's also uh, Spawn <laughs> references for you, Max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I've been kind of keeping an eye on the the pop culture stuff they've dropped in there. But the the the... the sure people are mad at this some people are mad at this it's i'm sure they're mad at it but like me and my friend matt were playing and we were just like the whole time we're just laughing <laughs> because there's this like we're all like operators you know dressed up with like grenades strapped to us and like sas and you know face mask that looks like a skull and then there's a sparkly Nicki minaj just like wrecking shop on our on our map like probably i think she like led the team <laughs> I feel like, I feel like cannot, if you were trying to make sense of that in like a canonical fashion, disregarding the fact that everyone's got silly ass usernames <laughs> and, you know, pink guns and stuff, maybe she was there doing like a USO thing, like she was doing, a, <laughs> you know, and then she wound up on like a, you know, the personnel carrier and they just, she's out there just doing the thing. I don't know. You can play as Al Simmons, you can play as Spawn, you can play as Clown, you can play as Violator. I haven't seen any Violator skins yet. That's my friends. That's weird. I don't, he's not really humanoid enough for that to work. no it, they, it's just like violator's head and he's in like a like a special forces like that's outfit with you know, the like worst thing i've ever pictured that's horrible but the, the clown like is is correct but the weirdest thing about the al simmons spawn stuff is it's voiced by keith david and it sounds like keith david like recorded his lines over facetime as there's just no passion there and it doesn't mm. really fit because you know like al simmons is this like young special forces guy and as far as I know, Keith David's like elderly now. Like he's a, he's got to be a pretty he's old man. Probably, gentleman. Yeah, yeah. And so like he he says all these hilarious lines, like "I'll send you back to hell," and it's it's so stupid. It's so fun. I can't help but like laugh constantly 
at the ridiculousness. You know, there's like a Van Helsing running around on my map. There's Lilith from Diablo running that's around. So it's that's so right. There's yeah, a they clown. The... There's the Violator. Yes. Oh, that's that's uh, okay. Violator looks better than I. I don't know. It, this is. It's oh my god! There's a Skeletor also. Why people sorry. wouldn't like this? But yeah, like I think it's in the same way that Mortal Kombat quietly became you know m-rated smash bros like it's just like oh you've got the ninja turtles in there they're fighting leatherface <laughs> you know they've got leatherface and call of duty too it's just really it's it's absurd it's you know that whole cross promotional thing everything has to be a you know branded cinematic universe or whatever but it, it makes me happy to hear that you're having a good time with it and i um like i said i'm a simple boy you're a simple boy that's good i don't know i've i think it's really funny also just seeing which uh which properties go the Fortnite route and which go the call of duty route and it's like oh you want it like I don't know. Spawn could also be in Fortnite. I, mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Yeah. Spawn is Spawn is one of the rare characters where it's a superhero who it makes sense to have a gun. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that checks out. Deadpool works. Uh yep. cable works. I don't know. You cable, give Wolverine absolutely. a gun. You're like, what are you doing? Why does Wolverine have <laughs> Winter Soldier? Yeah. yeah. Rocket. Yeah. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, I mean, all that Call of Duty needs to do is have a Peter Griffin skin and they'll just like destroy the internet. Like when they start throwing mad. like cell shaded uh which would be worse, a, like a cell shaded uh, Peter Griffin model in Call of Duty, or them redoing Peter Griffin realistically? I want a mention. realistic Peter Griffin. I got your six, homie. Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, I can see oh, it. Man. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I don't know. It's that's good. I, I kind of want to check this one out <laughs> when, they, when they iron out. Disgusted some of the... with my how basic I am. No, I already knew you were basic, Seth. I still <laughs> love you for it, though. <laughs> I love I I like Call of Duty. I play COD most years. I didn't play last year and I probably won't play this year just because I have great news. If you skipped last year, most of it's still here. That is true. It's actually my it's more reason to buy this year, I guess. You know, I don't know. There's a ton of there's a ton of maps from like the Xbox 360 era, like from the original Modern Warfare. So I'm having like crazy nostalgia thinking about like back however long ago that was mm-hmm. like playing with a totally different group of friends on a totally different. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, the estate. I remember playing this map with uh, my friend Ballsrog from one up, which rest in peace. One up. No, not Ballsrog. He's, he's doing good. <laughs> I think that's I think my biggest thing with Call of Duty for me is like I'll usually um, I'll get it. I'll play through the campaign. And then I'll go and um, prestige like two or three times in the first like couple weeks. And then I just stop and don't ever go back to it. Um, and it's probably because I just don't have enough people to play and keep up with me. Um, and I, I just floored. We're always just, looking for more B floors. I also so. just try not to, uh, you know, I don't generally add other people I meet on COD just randomly unless no why would you do that (laughs) exactly because it's just a terrible experience most of the time cod is cod is hilarious because it will without question be i'm curious about this one because this one is sort of a there's been less build-up time for people to get excited about you know modern warfare three versus two or whatever and i know that three the first one was kind of like a divisive one it's going to sell well regardless it's going to it's going to do fine it's yeah is it going to be the number one bestseller i feel like maybe zelda will eat its lunch spider-man's also a contender like it's you know in terms of sales numbers it's going to do fine. But as far yeah. as, you know, the, no, the I, general gamer discourse, it always, it COD always comes out and millions of people always play it, but yeah, they typically don't talk about it. And which is, which is why it's kind of funny when, if you just kind of hop in suddenly, you know, give it a five year break and you jump in there and spawn and Nicki Minaj are shooting each other and Skeletor <laughs> has like a, you know, what, why, yeah. how, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's absurd. But I'm I guess I'm happy that that's the direction they're going. But I also was never there for the the hardcore stuff anyway. So, you know, it's I, I can understand why people would not like it. I can also understand why people would like it. Yeah. Uh, 
moving on i before we go i've got a a very uh i guess we're going to call this the weekly the weekly wtf maybe some weeks there won't be a wtf but this week there is that's short for what the uh What's going, Frank, what's going on? What the here? Final Fantasy? Oh, what the Final Fantasy is going on here? Uh, we got the ESRB rating for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and I love ESRB ratings, especially when they're salacious and juicy, Ooh. but also because it sounds like somebody's mom reading descriptions of video games in a courtroom. <laughs> uh, they talk about how there's, you know, there's there's violent players explore fantasy landscapes, perform missions, and battle monsters and soldiers in frenetic melee combat. Characters cool. use swords, staffs, guns, and magic spells to fight monsters and human soldiers. I think it's weird they put staffs above guns. Like, staffs <laughs> almost feels incidental. I guess they have to specify it's not a sword and it's not... It, they could have said sticks. Maybe it's staffs. Mm. I don't know. That's a weird one. That's not surprising at all. What is surprising is... there. It gets a little, it gets a little rowdy. It gets a little bit... Uh, where where is it? It goes on. We got a we got a long article about this that has a great headline, which is just FF Seven Rebirth rating reveals pools of blood, deep cleavage, and swearing. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. click on that. Um, but yeah, the ESRB rating highlights deep cleavage as part of female characters wearing revealing outfits and having suggestive dialogue, including, just admit it, you're obviously captivated by my bodacious beach bod. Hell yeah. Uh, they don't specify who that who says that line. And, you know, obviously it could be Barrett. It could be Cloud. Who knows? Uh, unrelated to this, not connected to the ESRB at all. Uh, the, I guess, Square Enix Twitter, some, some Twitter account posted new gameplay from Rebirth that shows that there's now swimming. So if there's swimming and bodacious beach bods, maybe there's oh, going to be like a swimsuit contest. I hope yeah. there is. There's I, so I imagine we're going to get like a volleyball. Pokemon episode. I imagine we're going to get like a volleyball minigame, probably. Oh, dude. That'd if we get volleyball cool. in Final Fantasy, I'm I'm very excited. I, I don't know. This but, is the kind of stuff that makes me yes. Like yeah, people are I also picking into this, being like, oh, does this explain what happens to Aerith? Are they going to talk about how it changes because it goes into the, oh, the graphic violence where like, uh, you know, it's, it's stuff you'd expect, stuff we know is coming. But it's more weird to be like, okay, so there's something involving bikinis, maybe I don't know, yeah. <laughs> and deep cleavage. I was yeah. think I was going to say a deep cleavage before I heard all the other information. I was like, deep cleavage is a very. Uh, very nice way to say uh, uh to talk about Aerith's fate um oh, <laughs> it's, it's a very oh, different one. there it is that's <laughs> you could i was gonna say you yeah. can definitely do some uh deep cleaving with a buster sword but yeah yeah <laughs> gnarly um they also say that there's the there's cu there's cussies little little cusses in there yep and uh, words. yeah you can drink a version of moonshine while at a bar and cool. cutscenes sometimes feature drunk characters slurring their speech it all sounds oh, like yeah. a good time. It's very silly. I'm into it. Uh, it. You know, it's it's. I have to imagine the the any of the drinking is going to have to be like a Sid like appearance randomly or oh. something like that. Like even though they haven't really confirmed Sid for this one, but like I feel I have to feel I I have a feeling like we're there's going to have to be a point where like you run into him and he's just like kind of a guest character and he's just in a kind of, a, a great bikini just yeah, yeah. drinking moonshine just, just there yeah. you know <laughs> just it drinking on the be, beach it, honestly somebody just showing up in a bikini drinking moonshine not the weirdest thing in final fantasy i don't know nope, yeah. not at all are you going to have to go true. get top ramen in this one we'll have to wait and see or cup oh noodle or whatever it is uh anyway that's one of those weird little tidbits that got me oddly more excited about this on that note, this concludes this week's episode of Beyond. We'll be back next week. We've got something very silly planned for the Thanksgiving week episode. Uh, that'll be pre-recorded. So if anything very important happens, that that is why we're not talking about it. PlayStation um, 6 announced? PlayStation 6. 
uh, the, it's it's Grand Theft Auto Six's working title is the PlayStation Six. Anyway, oh, wow. uh, let's we can dream. Uh, Seth, where can people find you? Uh, on NVC. What's that? That's the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast. It is the podcast where Jada is often on, and we talk about Nintendo products and how we like them or don't like them. So you should definitely go and check that out. And I don't know, I'm on Instagram. I don't use it anymore. Are you still doing the IGN deals thing? Oh my God, I use follow IGN deals on Twitter. There it is. Secret, here's a little uh, treat for Beyond listeners. I'm the one who runs the account 80% of the time. Yep. <laughs> Let me be franks with you. Um, but anyway, that concludes this week's Beyond. Thank you for joining us. A lot watching, listening, whatever, what have you. Uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, Beyond. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.